0: To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire2022.org. Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, USCfootball.com publisher, Ryan
1: Abraham. Hello! Coach Roger fans, welcome to the Parastyle Podcast on a Sunday. We're going to break down USC's destruction of the Stanford Cardinal, 45-20. to we got the coach, Harvey Hyde, on the line. We're going to talk about this game. This one really felt like a win to USC fans, so we'll break it all down for you with the coach. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. Go to his website, HarveyHyde.com. We love talking to the coach about this team, about the game's... A little questionable after week one. After week two, Hmm. team's looking a little bit better. You got Keaton Slovis, who had an amazing game. Uh, lots to talk about in this one. If you have any questions or comments, please email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. If you like to call or text us, you can do that too, 424-254-9141. We'll have Dan Weber, Keely your and uh, myself on on Tuesday, we'll have a preview show for BYU coming up later in the week. There'll be uh, Family Feud. we got lots of podcasts and stuff coming up, but this is the one we like to do, you know, the, the, just hours after the game. The next morning, Coach and I will jump in there and talk about the game, everything that went on there, and we're going to bring in the coach right now to get his thoughts. Hello, Coach. How are you?
0: Ryan, good morning. I don't think... Uh everybody's got to be in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. Went to the gym. I don't know if you went to the gym. I asked you for a few extra minutes. Want to get some extra reps and sets in. Uh, you know, whenever you win, it just makes everything so much better. You look forward to getting your paper in the morning. You look forward to going home or seeing your friends. You can't sleep because you're so happy. Then all of a sudden it hits you. Well, who do we play next week? And that's exactly what Coach Helton's thinking. I know he is. I texted him this morning and said congratulations to you. And, and uh, isn't it a great feeling when you know you're getting better and all of the above? I can't get you, let you know everything, but... Such a good guy, and he deserves a win, and you can see it on all the coaches, the excitement on the sideline, and the crowd, the crowd was into the game. So when you see that, Ryan, you know it's all worth it. Winning takes care of everything. Win, baby, win, as Al Davis used to say.
1: Yeah, I think winning is important, but USC won against Fresno State, and I don't think a lot of fans felt all that good about it. Fans should definitely feel good. I know there's some people out there like, well, there's still this. Like, forget that. Like, if the whole point... You like USC football. Stanford is, you know, probably th- third best rival outside of Notre Dame and UCLA. Uh, it's a team that's had your number, at least a winning record against you over the past decade. It was a 10 year anniversary of the what's your deal game. You have to be able as a USC fan, no matter what you want, you want to see change in the coaching staff, all at whatever, you have to be able to enjoy something like this. Like, yeah, that felt pretty good beating Stanford. And so hopefully the fans out there can enjoy that. There was a lot of good things. Uh, maybe it was a good thing, Coach, that USC didn't start off with a 17-3 to lead. Usually when USC does that, things sort of go south. Well, this time Stanford did that, and then things went south for the Cardinal.
0: Well, Ryan, uh, this is something we've been looking for for the last several years, a team that can finish a team that doesn't give up. The team played hard and made their own breaks, recovered a fumble, did some turnovers, made some sacks, drove the ball down the field, made some great catches, and a young quarterback made his first start as far as the Trojan, did an excellent job. We can talk about that. But what I was impressed with was the second quarter performance when they scored 21 points, came out in the second half, and I always wonder, you hear me when I tweet out things, finish, finish, make your adjustments at halftime and get it done. Well, they came out in the second half, wore down Stanford, scored 21 points, had the momentum going their way as they went in after the second half. Stanford misses two field goals. They take advantage of that momentum change. And they get a big win, and they feel good about it. And they look forward to next week because, you know, you look forward to uh, – like when I'm. if I was to have a staff meeting today, I'd have everybody come in, and I'd sit down and say, wasn't it great? What a great feeling. Okay, that's behind us. What can we do? What do we do that we need to get better at? What did you think about so far this morning when you're driving in that can help us be a better football team? Let's talk about the negatives first. Let's get that all washed out what we can work on how is our substitution too many penalties that's a little bit of the things that we need to do and then get into being a better football team
1: yeah it was a 42 to three run and you mentioned the two missed field goals even if you know jet toner hits both of those 42 to nine I mean I, this was a case for me where the offense looked really good and it took some pressure off the defense and allowed them to play more guys rotate around and just have a good time with it it just they, it all worked. Well, together, and this to me is when you see a team with a really competent offensive scheme, it can help your defense. Sometimes you score more points, and it puts more pressure on the defense. But really, just being able to move the ball, move the chains, even if you're not going to score, I think that really helped Clancy Pendergast in that defense. But let's well let's start on the offensive side of the ball. You mentioned Keaton Slovis; he set three records for USC for a true freshman quarterback. uh, No. True freshman ever completed 28 passes. He was 28 of 33. None of them had thrown for 377 yards like he did. And he had three touchdowns and could have had more. Uh, No one, no freshman had ever thrown more than one in their debut. So set some records. So good for him. His uh, QB rating was through the roof. He was sacked one time. um, Thought he played a really good game. And this was a battle of the back-up quarterbacks. And you're talking about the other side of the ball, Davis Mills, he had been hurt a lot, but he was a you know very highly ranked quarterback. Pretty much the opposite of Slovis coming out of high school, you know, smaller high school in Arizona, Scottsdale, and just didn't, just wasn't on the the radar as far as recruiting goes. Didn't do a lot of that seven on seven stuff. He wasn't, he just wasn't on that camp circuit. But did have Kurt Warner in his corner, and I think since he was fourteen or fifteen years old, he mentioned him yesterday in the press conference. Early on, it looked like Mills was going to outduel duel Slovis, but then things completely changed. When USC was down, he rallied the troops and showed leadership for an 18-year-old kid. So maybe get your initial thoughts, Coach, on uh, Keaton Slovis.
0: Well, I'll tell you, I was impressed. First of all, you, know, you gave all his stats out, which is important, but I'm really not a stat guy. You know that. I like to look at a quarterback with his poise, leadership, uh, how he uh, acts with the team, confidence, no delay of games, uh, knowing when to slide, when to throw the ball, when to throw it out of bounds, not to force the ball in there, no turnovers, all of the above. And he does that. He's a smart kid. This is the first time I actually saw him play in person. Now, he was recruited by other Pac-12 teams. He had a great junior year, great junior year. In the senior year, their team didn't really do that well. But there were Pac-12 teams uh, recruiting him, but he made his commitment to USC as a junior. He kept his commitment to USC. Others couldn't talk him out of going here because of you know JT coming back and all of the above. But he, uh, the team uh, became more confident with him. I know they felt good about him. He brought that presence of like a Sam Darnold to the field, and I like that. Uh, he's a football player, and I think that's the best way to. You've always heard me talk about. Uh, a football player, guy's got to be a playmaker. Football player made big plays, made it happen, had leadership, did all the above. So uh, I, I think I give him an A as far as for his first game. And you know, yeah, sure, everybody gave him an A. But I'm looking forward too to see what he does now against his next opponent. Because let's let's be realistic, everyone. Stanford uh, has a lot of pride. Yes, they are a big rivalry. A game, in fact, it's Stanford, you know, UCLA, Notre Dame, and so on. But uh, they're not the same football team with the athletes that they've had in the past. They tried to utilize Parkinson. Uh, USC took Parkinson out of the game; they took away the really their passing game. Their running back's a a good running back, but not a great running back. USC has three better running backs. So their offensive line is so-so. Their poor left tackle; they beat him up all night. This young freshman when little got hurt. So we got to be realistic. Now, when I'm talking to the team or I'm talking to the staff, I'm saying, yes, the win is great. But let's you know, take a look at who we play. And I say the future looks bright for us. And when I say that, I talk about, you know, Cal beating Washington, how many the other teams that maybe we thought that maybe would be, uh, they are going to be tough games. But we can beat these guys. We can beat Utah on a Friday night. We can outscore Utah. We can't let them out physicalists. And I saw some physical dust last night, which we'll get to uh, in the Trojan football program.
1: Yeah, here on the Peristyle Podcast. Uh, but Maybe we'll talk about that, the uh, physical aspect. You think of Stanford as being a very physical team. Walker Literal, the uh, All-American candidate at left tackle, was out. I thought you know, it was sort of a pedestrian offensive performance. And when you are when you see USC with a true freshman quarterback, they came out throwing, slinging the ball around. It looked like whatever the air raid offense Graham Harrell wanted to run, he ran it. He didn't keep anything back. It was fourth and one. Slovis hits uh, Michael Pittman on a slant. Fourth and one for Stanford. They're running Cameron Scarlett on some kind of delay thing, and it just seemed like Stanford was a lot more conservative with their backup quarterback. And maybe that's just the way the offense runs, but. I didn't see the same sort of level of physicality from Stanford that you normally see, I guess you could say. Uh, And USC, I thought, did play a very physical game.
0: I agree with you 100% uh, on what you're saying. And you mentioned uh, you were talking about the defense at the first, about uh, how USC would get a lot out of this game. And I thought they did because they used a lot of different sets, they went under center. They run their power formation, their jumbo formation. They, they did a lot of different things. They huddle up. They give you a different look all the time. They try to get advantages through their formation, bunches, tight end in, in the slot, all these different things. And USC gets to defensively practice against this and become more accustomed to this, things they don't see in practice. And they go against the short yardage that these guys do with their eyes and different things. So I thought it was a great game for them to learn and still be able to win. And I I thought they were very physical. As the game went along, I thought the defensive line really had fun playing. They were flying around. They were enjoying it. They were chasing down the backs. I mean, you can tell when a team is having fun playing football. The team was having fun playing football. It's supposed to be a fun game and play hard. In the offensive line, uh, I was watching basically the left side more than the right side. I couldn't see them as clearly. But uh, Jackson and Tucker... And the center, I couldn't watch him that closely. They got off the football. I thought they did a tremendous job of getting off the football. I haven't seen a USC offensive line get off the football, drive their legs, get under somebody, and finish a block. Now, when I mean finish a block, if the guy tries to run away from them, they just keep driving and drive the guy into the ground. And that's what I used to say. Would you please finish the block, get the guy to the ground? And they did that last night, which really helped – and impress me because I know their coaches today, when they look at these tapes with the kids, are going to point those type of things out.
1: So you felt that the offensive line was tougher than what you've seen before?
0: Yes, it is. Yes, I definitely did. I've never, I haven't seen them play with that physicality. Now, again, I'm not quite sure how good Stanford is on the defensive line either, but I'm saying as far as seeing people use their leverage, use their legs, Hey, Austin uh, Jackson and uh, Tucker, I really thought, did a good job. They looked like a great team as far as the team working together. You saw the offensive line pointing to who they blocked, communicating. They played the whole game together at the same position. Hey, they got a rhythm going there in the offensive line. That's the type of thing you've got to have to get along. Those five guys have got to really play well together.
1: The, uh, you mentioned having fun, and I brought that up to, uh, I think it was, I talked to Chris Steele after the game. And he was like, "Yeah, man, it was fun." And you know, he's a freshman. Uh, I wanted to, I didn't get to talk to Almon Ross St. Brown because he was in the press conference, but I thought it'd be interesting to see someone like him who was there around last year, where he would have big games. But I'm not sure how much fun everyone was having. It's tough when you're a five and seven team, but this just the team looked like they were having a blast. I don't maybe you play. You think you play freer and looser, um, but how important is that? The you know these are college kids that they could go out there and play well, but also have a good time?
0: Well, you know, you've always heard me say, when you have great athletes, let them play the game of football. Don't let them think too much. Just turn them loose. And uh, I think they've been a little bit too tight. I think they've been had, uh, you know, a little bit too much pressure on them. Their confidence, They weren't sure in their confidence and so on. A lot of things haven't gone right as far as for the Trojan football program recently. But when you can relax and you have great athletic ability, hey, there's no question about the athletic ability USC has with its receivers. How about their three running backs? In fact, we'll talk about that if you want to talk about that. I've got so much we can talk about there as far as the use of uh, running backs and tight ends and so on. But when you can allow your athletes to play and not think and execute, and that's why you recruit them because they can do things because they're better. My X is bigger than your O, and if my X is bigger than your O and he knows what he's doing, I'm going to win. And I think this is the thing they got a little bit of last night. They built some confidence, and uh, I think it'll help them because coming back in the second quarter when they're down in the second half uh, dominating the football game and doing what they did, hey, that's all pluses. They're not going to get ripped in the meetings. You know, how much fun is it to come in on Sunday and Monday and look at the tapes when all they point out is negative things? Hey, that's not fun. Yeah. And that's not fun for the coaches. But now, guys, Coach, can I see that again? Then they laugh. Let's watch that again. Oh, and then someone someone looks funny. Back it up, everybody. Look at this guy. He's falling down or, you know, something. It 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 makes it more fun and takes the stress out of it. Hey, by the way, Ryan, I want to mention, I want to say hello to all my Fresno friends. I get oh. a message from my cousin. They listen to the podcast. And uh, I want to say hello to Philip. Uh, I know his father, uh, Keith, and all those people up there. They're farmers. And, uh. Maybe sometime when I'm in Fresno we can get together and have lunch, guys. So you tall Bruce and we'll set that up. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to get away from the podcast, but no. you know, I wanted to thank them because they have uh, mentioned yesterday they listened to it.
1: Well it's good, yeah. shout out to Fresno. Um they had a tough man, they had a tough loss to Minnesota. It looked like they could have had that one, Fresno State. Um so but we'll see. The schedule gets a little bit easier for Fresno State. I still think it's a good team. Um, let's talk about the running game. You mentioned it's, uh, you know, it was basically same sort of ratio. I guess you could say with, uh, Viva, uh, Malapai, had 12 carries Stephen Carr had half of that six, but, um, you know, he, he was effective. Uh, Malapai had two touchdowns. Carr had one. Uh, we saw Marquis step at the end of the game, come in. Uh, he had a 20 yard run. He got, he ended up getting, uh, three carries, Slovis, you know, took the ball a couple of times himself. But ratio-wise, you know, they had 28 total carries. Um, I think one of those was a sack. But, you know, and, and you know, 33 passes. So it was really like 27 to 27 runs and 34 uh, passes about the ratio, you know, maybe you know, about the ratio you thought. But um, the tight ends you mentioned, no catches, but they were being used mostly as kind of, H-backs, uh, a lot of times were in there, and blocking, we saw a couple, two tight end sets, but I think there was only like two in the entire game. They'd used a lot of four wide outs in this game, and we saw, uh, you know, uh, guys make catches like Maneer McClain and Drake London. Drake London right away, um, where we did, you know, a 45-yard one to him, where we just hadn't seen These guys do much in the Fresno State game. But I wanted to get your thoughts on all that, Coach, the running game, how the tight ends were used, and and maybe the the pass-run ratio.
0: Well, I thought the backs really uh, played a good game. They looked like they were hungry. They wanted to touch the ball. They gave the second effort. The number of yards after the hit I liked uh, as far as them falling forward, not backwards, and getting the extra yards that are necessary. Or the first down, or you could see when Malapia, he wanted to score. He didn't want to make a first down. He wanted to get in the end zone. Those are all the things you look at when you grade in and watch a, a, a running back. I think Marquez Steps wanted to prove something. He hadn't played. He wanted to prove something. Hey, guys, I should be in the game. And he went in there with an attitude of, I'm going to run over you, run around you. I'm going to do whatever it takes, but I want to play some football. And I think he demonstrated that, that they do have three outstanding running backs. And this was the point I was talking about earlier, You know, when you have three great running backs like that and you're not utilizing your tight end that much, it doesn't hurt. And I'm not trying to tell Graham Harrell how to run his office. I'm just thinking for myself as a coach that I'd like to get more of those guys in the game. I mean, they can replace the tight end. I mean, I can have two backs. We can have more of a running game series. We can have play-action pass and hold the back side. We can have some cross-action in the backfield, hold the back side, put the back in the flat. And also, he can be a blocker one way or another. But they are excellent players. Not that the tight ends aren't excellent players, but they're not being utilized. And again, you, when you get into the jumble, like I think they should have, or things like that in short yardage situations, then you can utilize your tight end. But when you have three great backs, you always hear me say, get the players on the field. Let the players make a play. Find a way to win. And to me, I'd want to get those three backs on the, on the field more because they're exciting to watch. They're big play guys. They're tough guys. And I think uh, they're a little bit uh, more into the game in the scheme of this offense because of the great split receivers they have where the tight end isn't going to get the ball. So let's put somebody in there that'll help the running game plus be a receiver.
1: All right. Uh, that's a pretty good assessment of how the offense did. Look, why don't we switch to the... Defensive side of the ball, I talked to Coach, Coach uh, Clancy Pendergast after the game uh, a little bit, and uh, one thing Clay Helton mentioned was make an adjustment as far as like stopping the run up the middle. There was one big uh, Stanford run, like kind of on a delayed handoff up the middle, but Clancy said, yeah, that was really just one play. We you know fixed the run fit with that, and and they were fine. Um, to, to go on a 42-3 to run, the offense has to score points, but the defense has to get some stops too. And I thought they did a good job with that. There was one drive, the opening drive of the second half. Stanford completed, uh, converted three third downs in a row. Then they missed on their fourth one and then missed a field goal. But that was the majority of the third down conversions came on one drive that didn't even result in any points. I think four of 11 total on, on third downs. What did you think overall of USC's defensive performance?
0: Well, what I thought is I thought they played a solid game. I thought they didn't give it any big plays. What I mean by breakdowns in the defense, as far as guys getting beat, someone going the wrong way in the secondary, and so on. They were they were always near the receiver, uh, knowing who they have. Of course, the guys made a couple of catches, but you know you know you're not going to stop every play. And when you think about that, you're not going to stop every play. They're going to make some first downs. They're going to do some, but they never had a third down conversion, if I remember, in the first half. No,
1: yeah, like 0-3.
0: Yeah, when you think about that, and not even having a first down conversion in the the first half, that's playing pretty good defense. Now, you know, uh, you've got to get better playing defense and, and do the things that are necessary, and we talked about who we're playing and all that earlier, but I think basically the kids were having fun on defense, the rotation was good. Uh, I thought that uh, I I, I liked it. The contain was somewhat good. Now, Mills isn't a runner. Don't get me wrong. The quarterback from Stanford, they're going to face some of those down the road. Don't think they're not. But uh, uh, they played aggressive and they played hard. And one thing about the defense, they play hard. And if you play hard, you'll make a play. All I want to ask my guys, don't take a play off. Do your job. Don't have a bunch of signs in the locker room all these signs all over heck, just put one sign up, do your job, do your job. And there's only one way to do that is hard and well. Now, if you do that, then maybe we'll be pretty good. If all 11 guys are doing that on the side of the ball at the same time.
1: Yeah, it looked like they did. I mean, it was, they had 10 tackles for loss in the game. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Spread out between a lot of guys. Uh, You had Drake Jackson have one and a half, but it's pretty much everyone, they got a tackle for a loss. There was one you know one in there. there was an interception by Greg Johnson. I thought was a, a really good play. Elijah Griffin had four pass breakups, which was pretty uh impressive uh, from him. Um, you know I, I thought that you know they played well. Griffin too, like made a really some good plays like preventing a touchdown uh, after USC fumbled the ball away, I believe it was, uh, the Velas Jones. Kickoff return, I think he stopped a Colby Parkinson, a potential touchdown. I know he pushed a a Stanford receiver that would have converted a third down out of bounds. Uh, Just great awareness where where he was on the sideline to force an incompletion there. Um, I thought they played good defense overall and making some big negative plays. Not like 10-yard loss plays, but just forcing enough... Uh, you know, you stop a play. It's not just for no game, but you you lose a couple yards. Uh, they had three sacks. Uh, uh, Davis Mills. Um, just overall, and and seeing that rotation in there, where you moved guys on the defensive front, you move guys around a little bit. Um, we saw Chase Williams make a really good play out of the uh, the the nickel spot where he was only playing safety the week before. So I like the way they did. Like Clancy Pedergast said, they have a lot more depth on defense. He likes that they're rotating. So. Uh, It seems like it's working well.
0: No, I agree with you. And one thing I watched, too, the excitement on the defensive side of the ball. You can demonstrate your excitement when you make a play. And I didn't see guys flexing their muscles. And uh, some of the things I've seen in the past, dancing and doing all of those different things, they'd make a play and run off the field. Now, you know, that's what I like. I like it because that's what the game's about. You know, this isn't a muscle contest or, or, or any of this. This is a football game. And I think a lot of that has been cleaned up. Now, I don't know if it's been done uh, purposely. I hope it has been, but the kids certainly understand. Uh, Tufili I think, made one great play. I think he's number 78. He got, the, uh, got through the line of scrimmage, came around, dipped his shoulder, made the play, ran right off the field, uh, like uh, excited about it. And that's what you've got to be. You've got to be a team. It's not me. And when you go and do all these certain things, they watch too much NFL football. That they got to remember that they're still in college. They still, it's still a team game, and when you play it as a team game, you're certainly going to have more success.
1: The uh, we'll touch on special teams, real quick. Uh, pretty big kickoff return for Stanford that led to a touchdown early. Uh, the Velas Jones uh, fumble on the kickoff that led to a Stanford field goal. But I mean, almost like that. It's almost like that. That fumble was a good thing because the defense got to stop, forced Stanford to a field goal. And then it was a 42 to three run after that. It was sort of like a spark uh, that USC needed. And Austin Jackson, uh, who had a great story, uh, you know, talking about saving his sister's life on game day earlier in the day, he gets in there and gets a big field goal block to kind of keep Stanford off the board and and just not give them any momentum after USC started going on that run. What did you think of the, the special teams play coach?
0: Well, I'll tell you, uh, I think whenever you execute, uh, you've got to execute, and you're going to have somebody make a yard here or there, but I think judgment is really important as far as uh, doing the right thing. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, Jones is the type of guy that wants to hit it, and I like him. I think he's the best kickoff return guy since uh, Thomas. I really do, but he has the speed, and he wants to hit the seam, and that fumble was, uh, you know, you don't want a kid to fumble, but he's giving it 100%. I can overlook that, okay? The way he was hit, it was unfortunate, but he fumbled it. But he's trying to make the play. He's trying to do it. And I, I like that. I think the kickoff return team is much better than it's been So his as judgment of when to to run it out and when not to. If you remember a couple of years ago, they were fair catching the ball in the punting game on the two-yard line and trying to run the ball out and doing these different things. I think the more sound in the kicking game, you don't want fumbles. And they, they broke down in that kickoff coverage. I agree. Got to stay in your lanes. You can't commit too fast. So they got beat on that, and you'll teach on the film on that. Fortunately, they didn't, you know, make Geeky make, didn't go all the way. But I'm still waiting for the punter. He's making me look bad. Everywhere <laughs> I spoke, everywhere I spoke, you did the same thing, Ryan. Oh, That's yeah. Not just me. No. All right. Everywhere I've gone and I've spoken, I've said, why did he go to college? Why didn't he go straight to the NFL? When well, I understand, Hey, what did he average 34 yards last night?
1: No, uh, uh, no, he, I, I, he, uh, huh? he had a 51 yard. He only had two punts, but he had a, um, uh, he averaged 42 yards. So he had a short one was like a 33 yarder and then a 51 yarder.
0: Yeah. You know, really, uh, 51's a nice punt. You'd like to have an average of that, so I'll take that. But the first one was not what I expected. Uh, I expect more when you're that type of punter. Uh, you've got to be able to be consistent. And uh, having seen that, I think he's punted four times so far this year, which is uh, good because you don't want your punt team in the game. But uh, I'd like to see him do a little bit better job because he's making me look bad. I was talking about him being better than Saxon and Randall Cunningham, Guys, I coach right now. No, I'll take Sacks and Randall Cunningham. So I'm, I'm gonna tell Ben. Ben, prove me right. Change it around here, buddy. Yeah, there was get so- some field position, huh?
1: Yeah, there was something a little off, and uh, even the 51-yarder was. It was more of a he rolled out to his right and uh, and hit a low a low line drive. Um, but I just we just haven't seen him sit back there and just absolutely destroy the ball. Um, he only punted twice. But, man, we just haven't seen that. We've seen it in practice, but we haven't seen it anywhere else. So it's a little concerning, I guess.
0: It is. It is for me. It's the consistency part. Now, I hope you always hear me saying, and you mentioned it last week on the podcast, I hope they're not overcoaching him. Yeah, You know, you coach a kid out of what he does well. So, uh, Coach Ellen, if you're listening but to tell him to go back to what he was doing. Forget what we told
1: (laughs) (laughs) you. Nice. Well, why don't we jump into, we got some questions and stuff. Why don't we jump into those? Um, Oh, you know what? Before we do that, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll jump into questions. So back in one minute. All right, we are back here on the Peristyle podcast. Let's answer some questions. Uh, We got Rich uh, from San Diego. So he wrote in, Coach, at halftime of the game. He said it's halftime of the USC-Stanford game, and we've just witnessed the end of the Clay Helton era. Welcome in the Graham Harrell era. Uh, Coach Harrell must have had a revelation last week, or he's secretly been scouting Trinity League high school games. He's changed his air raid to adopt some offensive spread, uh, adopt the same offensive spread these kids have had so much success with in high school. Look at how much confidence they are playing with. They're comfortable because this is the offensive style they've been playing since high, uh, since youth football. Now it's transitioning to defense. Now we're playing Southern California high school football, which is the best in the country. Rich from San Diego, yes, I rode in over the summer uh, with the high, higher Urban Meyer, go Cathedral High School. He said, P.S., USC offense looks similar to Corona Centennial offense, which are cath- uh, Cathedral Dons just defeated Go Dons. And uh, Rich, just so you know, um, Slovis is not from Southern California. He played his high school ball uh, in Arizona. And this does look a lot like the air raid that I saw that he was running, that Graham Harrell was running uh, at North Texas. So uh, great, you know, great shout out to Southern California high school football, but I don't think that's where, I don't think he changed and copied. Southern California high school football to uh, make the team better uh, Saturday night. That's, this is what he does. And I think JT Daniels could have done something similar. We saw Slovis do the same thing.
0: You know, you mentioned JT Daniels. Um, You know, you feel sorry for the guy and I think we should just mention it because right in front of him, he stood on the sideline last night and saw his replacement really have a great game. And obviously he's cheering for him, uh, cheering for the team and so on. But can you imagine He's got to go through a year now, missing the entire season. He's got to go through the year uh, all rehabbing, missing spring practice. Kendon's going to get all the pub and everything else. Then he's got to come back and compete for his job. But basically, uh, what's the the saying? I don't know what Coach Helton's uh, philosophy is. I don't lose my position because of injury. Well, if Kendon has the success that he has, and it continues, which we all hope, what will be JT Daniels' situation? And what about the situation with the quarterback at modern day? Yeah. Uh, uh, so there's a lot here writing on what's happening at USC as far as success and the quarterback situation. So, you know, I just throw it out there because I know people are thinking about it too, but I'm thinking about it already.
1: Yeah. And I, a lot of people are thinking about it. We get a lot of tweets and everything about it. I was just like, hey, man, enjoy the game. This is one game. Do we know Slovis, Keaton Slovis, is going to be, you know, the second coming of uh, Joe Montana? Like, we don't know. He had a really good game. It was, uh, you know, no USC freshman had a debut like that before. Um, You know, super high passer rating, similar to what we've seen from Sam Darnold uh, and a couple of his big games. Uh, We'll see. How good is Stanford? Can he keep this going? You get a good feeling about it, but I think you can worry about all the other stuff later. People are instantly worried. Like, one game in, one game in, you're firing Clay Helton. Second game in, now Slovis is too good. J.T. Daniels has to transfer, and Bryce Young can't come to USC. So uh, it's funny the the kind of super reaction, but that's I guess that's the world we live in now, Coach. But it's something to think about. But I think this is step one. This is his very first start, um, and I think you know if you see him continue to play like this, I think that'll become more of a topic going forward.
0: Absolutely. It's his first game. You know, let's see the consistency. Like we talked about the punter. It's the quarterback. It's the receivers. It's everybody. Remember when he throws the ball, the receivers have to catch the ball. They got to read the right zones. They got to be thinking together. So let's see what happens because opponents are going to start to watch him more and have more film on him to decide what they what he does or ways of stopping. So let's see how the adjustments go. And uh, of course, uh, everyone's encouraged. uh, So let's make it happen.
1: Let's make it happen. All right. Uh, thanks for that question. Let's see. Let's move on. Ray in Florida. Uh, we may have grown up in the fourth quarter Saturday night. Slovis is great. So pretty simple. Little statement, not really a question. but yeah. Do you think USC grew up, Coach, like Ray in Florida say? Do I think what? Do you think what? USC grew up in the fourth quarter? That's what Ray in Florida is saying.
0: Well, I think they found out they were having fun. And I think they found out it's better this way than the other way. And uh, I think they enjoyed the night a lot better. And I think they're looking forward to film today and tape today. I bet a lot of them went home and watched it last night, had parties and all sat in a room and put it on a big screen. And even if it was one or two in the morning, they wanted to see it. When you play well, you want to see yourself. And I think that's what built team confidence hey, guys, see what you can do when you want to do it and we do things right? And I think this is what uh, the lesson that can be taught. So I think that uh, being down 17-3 and coming back and doing what's happening, everybody being positive, me being positive, you being positive, the, the press being positive. Hey, kids love, like that. People like that. Fans, fans like that. And they want more, and the kids want more of it. So it's easier to go to practice, too, on, on Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesday, and Thursdays, and then board a plane and go to Provo. But you want to do it again. And when you come home on the plane, you have a lot of fun when you have a victory. You don't sit in the back and, and sleep and, and do nothing and embarrassed and so on. You want to walk out of the locker room of the visiting stadium holding your bag or whatever you carry out and uh, look around, not drop your head or turn your hat down low, or put your hoodie up. You want your hoodie down. You want people to know who you are. I mean, it's great. You go to class on Monday. Man, you don't hide to go to class. You can't wait to go to class. You go to class early. These are all the things that come from being successful. Yeah.
1: All right. Let's see. Uh, We got one from Mike in the Inland Empire. Uh, You mentioned JT Daniels. I feel bad for JT Daniels. Don't get me wrong. Slovis looked fantastic against Stanford, but I think Daniels could have put up similar numbers had it been him. People are jumping the gun saying that JT will enter the transfer portal now. Uh, people are saying Slovis is, quote, the best QB on campus by far. Again, I think this is all way too soon. What about you guys, Mike, and the IE?
0: Well, Mike, I, I agree with you to the point that it's it's too soon uh, to, to make an evaluation on everything. You know, you're happy with the win, but it's, uh, you know, to, let's just take the win and take the performance of the entire team. And because it's not one guy that makes it happen. It's 11 guys on offense that have to do their job. If the tackle didn't block somebody, you know, it's pretty hard to throw the ball when you're on your back. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's, it's a team effort, and everybody did their reads right, and the guys caught the ball and uh, made nice runs after they caught the ball and did the things that were necessary. you know, Brown could have dropped that ball, thrown right in there perfectly, but he made the catch. Pittman could have dropped that ball. He made a great catch. So all of those things have to happen, and it's all part of a team. So, you know, to say right now this early, who's the best, or who's this, or who's that, I'll agree with only one thing. I feel bad for JT Daniels, but I'm happy for Solis.
1: Yeah, Slovis, uh, t- same thing. I feel bad for JT Daniels. And I do feel uh, that this is a lot about, I'm not saying either one of these guys is a system quarterback, but this is a much better offensive system than what we've seen from USC in the past. If you look at JT Daniels, those first couple quarters quarters uh, against Fresno state against a pretty good Fresno state defense, thought he did really well that did, did a good job. And there was a few execution errors. He did throw a pick. There was a couple of third down drops. It wasn't like USC just bogged down and had a bad drive. That wasn't just, you know, a single mistake by a player uh, in the execution. So um, that's, I feel like, J T Daniels, if he wasn't hurt, would have had a great second half, and they would have been fine. Like this, they moved the ball really well. I feel like if J T Daniels was the quarterback Saturday night, they would have done. I'm not saying he would have been as sharp as Slovis was really sharp, but I think J T Daniels could have done the you know same thing uh, or something very similar. So I think the system has helped at all. Even like a guy like Matt Fink or Jack Sears, I feel like they could have come in. They've all looked better in this new system. Um, so, you know, and there were some times early on in the game for Slovis when he first started that the, the offense, you know, made a few mistakes as well. And, you know, USC was making some mistakes, but when they weren't in the second half, they just moved the ball kind of at will. And I feel like that's the benefit of the system. You find guys open, get you guys are schemed open and you get them the ball. There was a lot of first and second reads. I feel I have to go back and, and watch it again. And he made the throws in the right spots. And I, I feel when you, we talked to Graham Harrell last night, coach, and he was saying the same thing. He's like, I think JT Daniels could have done that as well. But he's like, I've I told you guys, I thought Slovis is a special player. He's always had confidence in Slovis. But I think like all the co- quarterbacks had confidence because they were in a much better scheme than what we've seen the last few years around USC. And I, I'm not saying you could plug and play anyone in there, but man, we've seen so many quarterbacks. Uh, Mike Leach, he just finds that you know every quarterback, walk-on, three-star, two-star, doesn't matter. They come out and they throw for a zillion yards. Um, you know, you get a talented guy like JT Daniels or Keenan Slovis, and they're going to have success in a system like this.
0: Well, I agree with you. We've we've talked in the past that you got to have a philosophy of who you are, and you got to have an identity. Well, there's no question about what USC's identity is. Uh, Last year, they've never never had an identity on offense. It was, uh, you know, I hate to go back and talk about the past, but the future is now, as George Allen said. But, you know, it was 31 flavors. I mean, the kids were confused, delay a game after a timeout. I mean, they haven't had a delay a game so far this year, and not even uh, thinking of it. Like I talked earlier about evaluating the quarterback's performance. I mean, uh, it's a whole different package on the field. At least we all understand. What we're supposed to expect, and uh, I think that's what makes it a lot easier for the players because they understand what they're they're attempting to accomplish. And there's not a million plays and a million different formations and all the different things they had in the past with all the different motions and everything they had. Man, uh, you know, uh, Sam and used to look to the sideline, and last last year, J ten J T Daniels looked to the sideline and get the play in with about 10 seconds to go on the clock. So it's a whole different package, a whole different scheme, a whole different rhythm, whole different identity. It's it's completely different, Ryan, than what they've had in the past.
1: Yeah, it is different. Uh, let's go Larry in Las Vegas. He says, love your podcast, especially Coach Hyde's candor and knowledge. Larry, are you listening to the right podcast? I'm not sure that's the same Coach Hyde. No, I'm just kidding. Of course. Uh He said, what a pleasant surprise last night. Victory against Stanford turned out to be. My question, what did the USC defense change in the second quarter to stop Stanford's run game? It seemed like two different defensive teams. Larry in Las Vegas.
0: Well, you know, I can't tell. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what they're talking about on the sidelines or what they're doing as far as adjustments. So I'm not trying to get out of it, but I'm not trying to BS you either. So I really don't know what they did. Uh, obviously, they made adjustments, keys as far as what they're going to key on and uh, what the defensive calls were as far as up front and the linebackers on who they're keying and so on. But uh, they were able to do that. And sometimes you don't change anything. You just play harder and better and accomplish what you're supposed to do. Maybe earlier in the game, guys weren't going to the right gap or they were the linebackers weren't scraping to the right gap or they were missing tackles. So I really can't tell you uh, what exactly the adjustments were made or why, but I know they did play better.
1: Yeah, you know, I talked to Pendergast about that a little bit. So there was one – so Cameron Scarlett had a 44-yard run. That was like that delay we talked about. Um, you take yeah, away –
0: Basically, that was a gray, draw. Like That was a draw. Yeah, like a but, draw.
1: So – and uh, and and Pendergast said that there was like a, a missed run fit. So fine, but if you take that away um, – He netted 82 yards on the night, so that was more than half of his yards on one play. Other, if you're not looking at that, um, he had 16 carries uh, for 38 yards. So outside of that one big running play, there was a I think it was a reverse to Connor Weddington. He had a 17 yard run. Um, Dorian Maddox had five carries for eight yards. So I think overall they did a good job. It wasn't like they. Change what they were doing in the second half. It was just they didn't give up, you know, that one big play. Um, but you know, it was uh, it was a big deal. You know, net ninety eight yards rushing uh, on uh, on thirty carries, so three point three yards per carry. Um, yeah, I, I thought they did a really good job. But I asked them specifically about that because because uh, Clay Hilton actually mentioned that, and Clancy sort of was like. Well, it really was only one run. I'm like, okay. You look back and it it really was this one big run. There's going to be some, he said that they really focus on coach and they did this last week when, uh, you know, Fresno state had success with the quarterback getting outside and some reverses and things, but he said, you really have to focus on stopping the running back and that's what they do. And they did a really good job on Scarlett. It's just not, there's no Bryce love. There's no Christian McCaffrey in this backfield. They needed to do more by committee. But Scarlett just kind of looks like a guy. He doesn't look like anyone all that special. And they did a really good job outside of one run um, shutting him down. So I, I don't think it was some big halftime adjustment, Larry. It was just, you know, fixing one thing and they were fine.
0: Well, l- let me put it this way. You're not going to shut out a team. That, they're not going to make any yards at all. That's happened. Don't get me wrong because of sacks and so on. You deduct yardage. But hey, hey, let me let me tell you, you know, you, got, you, you can look at those plays and you evaluate them, and obviously it worked because someone got blocked or someone didn't do something right. Well, that happens, That can happen on every play, or you'd score a touchdown on every play, okay? Uh, if you're an offense and everything did, everything went perfect, and you have everybody blocked, you'd score a touchdown on every single play. But that doesn't happen. So you're going to have some plays that are made against you, and you're going to make some plays against them. So you look at the game and you evaluate the game, and did we do what we had to do to win? And the whole purpose is to find a way to win. Do your job. Do your job and do your job well. Now, occasionally, you drop the hammer, okay? And then you can't find the damn nail that you were going to put in it. But uh, you'll pick it back up. You'll find the hammer and get back and keep going. Don't talk about what just happened. Talk about how to correct it. And I think that's what they're working on. Yeah.
1: We had a text, and this is one of these people kind of getting out there a little too early. So I think there's a real chance USC goes ten and two or eleven and one. What does that mean for Bryce Young? Hard for him to come in with two uh, quarterbacks with three years left. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, again, USC's two and zero, and I think didn't maybe look great in the first game. Looked really good in the second game. I don't know if you want to project eleven and one yet, or what what's going to happen with recruits. But I don't know. What do you think about that, Coach?
0: Well, I I wouldn't think about another game right now if I'm the head football coach except for BYU. They go down to Tennessee, and they get a win down there and played Utah as a pretty good team the first game of the year. Uh, They beat Tennessee down there in in Knoxville. I'll tell you, I just worry about BYU in our first away game of the year. And worry about that. I'm not counting up any wins right now. I'm counting up one quarter, one play at a time. So it's great to talk about it and think about it, but don't be buying your bowl tickets yet, okay? <laughs> Just play one game at a time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Even if you remember, even when USC was like completely rolling, you could forget, you know, forget to show up one day. That happened Pete Carroll's best teams, a lot you know, they could they would do that sometimes. So this is a team we weren't sure what they were going to do when they got punched in the mouth uh would they be able to respond and and they did they were down 17 to 3 and completely bounced back will they be able to maintain if you can play at that high level uh, they were celebrating in the locker room last night when we were like in the post game press conference it was hard to hear the music was blaring you could feel it through the walls um that's 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 every time you do something you have to like it's either, you know, there's there's going to be adversity to face no matter what. If you're playing well, you have to keep playing well. Uh, can you keep that can you maintain that high level? So there's there's a long way between now and the end of the season, but there's some pot, if you're a USC fan, and you're like, "Man, I just I feel like this team is really talented and they could win a lot of games." I think you feel better about that now cuz they are really talented. You showed it last night and I think they can win a lot of games, but you have to keep it up week by week. Um, and we'll see if they're able to do that. But, yeah, you don't want to look too far ahead. I, I agree with you, Coach.
0: No, there's a lot of parity in college football. They've got some tough games in front of them, and they're all winnable. If you play right, you get better every week. But just think about what your next opponent is, who it is, and what you need to do to beat them.
1: All right, we got one last email from Alex in L.A. Just Sorry, Alex, I don't mean to call you out here, but this is one of those. If you ever see the Twitter handle, Old Takes Exposed. Um, this was sent in before the game. Uh, would love to hear from you and or coach Hyde, what your take is on giving some weight to a quarterback's experience when creating a depth chart. I say this because for most of spring and fall camps, the main headline was that all the quarterbacks were basically performing the same. If that was the case, why on earth would you put Keaton Slovis ahead of Matt Fink and Jack Sears? It seems like their experience was not counted when making this decision. I'm glad, uh, Keaton Slovis looks solid in practice. But it seemed crazy to put him number two, and now with JT out, we have to watch this kid learn on the job. I sure would have liked to see a quarterback with experience taking over. Terrible decision, in my opinion. Thoughts, Alex in LA. Sorry, Alex. It's just <laughs> I get what you're saying, um, but Graham Harrell said he really liked him. Uh, I didn't. I, I looked at the, all the quarterbacks. I felt felt like Sears and Fink played a little bit better. But Harold definitely saw something in what Slovis did that fits his system. So, what are your thoughts on that, Coach?
0: Well, you know, I think we've hashed that over a lot uh, when we when the depth chart came out. I thought Matt Fink looked mature in there last night, and uh, he looked confident in what he's doing. Uh, I'm sure Jack Sears would have looked the same. We don't make the depth chart. Uh, We don't get hired or fired on the depth chart. All we do is give our opinions like everybody else. Obviously, in making that selection, it worked. Now, if it didn't work last night and Sears wasn't there and they'd have gotten beat and we wouldn't have won uh, 45 to 20, then which, what, what would we all be talking about today? Complete different topic, okay? But it worked. So we have to give, we give them credit and go with what their judgment was and go from there. Yeah.
1: All right, Coach. Well, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. That's Any final thoughts before uh... – USC, we move on to uh, a, a BYU squad you mentioned. Uh, got a big win on the road in Knoxville. And uh, my wife's Tennessee Vols are reeling right now. Uh, <laughs> but BYU, I think, is going to have a lot of confidence. And playing them on the road is going to be you know, be a challenge.
0: No, it's their bowl game. It's their bowl game when you get USC to come to Provo. It's a big bowl game. It'll be sold out. It's a crazy place to play. I played in my opening game, BYU, against Steve Young. And I know when I was at UNLV, and I know the feeling and uh, what they think of college football, and I think it, it's a great place. It's a great football program, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, a great legendary coach there. So it'll be a great trip and a great experience. I think it's good for them to go to a place like that, because they'll be visiting other places that are the same type of hostile environment. So they got to pack their bags. they got to go up there, and I always used to say this, and if you played football, it's a business trip, Okay. You're going up, you're going to put your lunch and everything in a lunch pail, and you're going to go up there, play the game, and then come back Yeah. and get ready for the next one. And this is exactly what they have to do. But it'll be a a tough game, but a good experience for them. They'll mature in all the different ways we just discussed.
1: All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. The coach, Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. Thanks again, Coach.
0: Well, it's good. It's great. Listen, I want to thank everybody again for – sending in your questions. We appreciate uh, you uh, paying attention to our podcast. Ryan and I have a lot of fun. Remember, you can go to my website and find out more about me and other shows I do by just going to HarveyHide.com. HarveyHide.com. And, Ryan, I'm looking forward to being back with you next week.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, should be fun. Looking forward to talking all about it. We'll see how USC does on the road against BYU. All right, that's going to wrap it up. For the coach, I'm Ryan Abraham. Make sure you check out uscfootball.com for tons of content. We've been putting up so much stuff, everything after the game, podcasts, photos, videos. Every, I mean, there's so much stuff going on there. Make sure you check out uscfootball.com. If you're not a subscriber, jump in there. Make sure you subscribe. It's definitely worth your money, less than 10 bucks a month. Get in there. No reason you shouldn't be doing that. If you love USC, looks like they're on the rise now, so it's a good time to jump in. All right, thanks again, and we will talk to you next time.